Holiday House Books for Young Readers, Peachtree Publishing Company, and Pixel Inc. present Dory Hillstead Butler and Nancy Myers, creators of the King and Kayla Early Reader Series, in conversation with Peachtree Publishing Vice President and Associate Publisher, Kathy Landwehr. Hi, I'm Kathy Landwehr, Vice President and Associate Publisher of Peachtree Publishing, and this is the Guest Book Podcast. Today, we have author Dory Hillstead Butler and illustrator Nancy Myers, creators of the award-winning early reader mystery series, King and Kayla. Dory Hillstead Butler is an award-winning author of more than 50 books for children, including the Buddy Files series, the first of which won an Edgar Award for Best Juvenile Mystery, and the popular Dear Beast series. She is owned by a supermutt named Bear and lives in Seattle. Nancy Myers is a graphic designer and illustrator. In addition to King and Kayla, she's also illustrated the Language Together series by Jermaine Cho. She lives in Minneapolis, where she is known to be a spoiled dog enabler. Dory and Nancy are here to discuss their King and Kayla series, which has won two Geisel honors. The newest book, King and Kayla and the Case of the Lost Library Book, is out this spring. Dory and Nancy, welcome to the Guest Book Podcast. The characters of King and Kayla have an interesting backstory. Dory, I was wondering if you'd tell me a little bit about their past. Sure. So are you asking about how it came about or are you asking about the fact that it's a prequel series? What exactly are you getting at here? Both, really. I mean, starting out, I think it's fascinating that it's a prequel series and how it's a prequel series. Yeah, yeah. And I enjoy telling kids about that because a lot of kids know what a sequel is, but they don't know what a prequel is. So it gives me an opportunity to talk about that. So King and Kayla is a prequel to my Buddy Files series. The Buddy Files is a chapter book series about a school therapy dog who solves mysteries. And the books are told from the dog's point of view. And King and Kayla is a prequel to that series. So it's the same dog, but the dog lives with a different family and still solves mysteries but uh, aimed at a slightly different age group, too. What appealed to you about writing for this younger age group? You know what? I love writing from a dog's point of view. The Buddy Files, I, I feel like I really found my voice as a writer in that series. But as I started writing it, I also thought I'd really like to write this as an early reader series, just because of the way the mysteries are set up. I'd like to be able to have a lot more illustration possibilities, and I'd like to simplify the, the vocabulary a little bit and just even the complexity of the mysteries. But the publisher I was working with at the time was not interested in uh, pursuing them as an easy reader or early reader series. And uh, I guess you know how, how that came about, Kathy. You and I were at uh, ALA in Chicago. I don't even remember what year it was. And you said to me, just out of the blue, boy, I wish we had gotten the Buddy Files instead of this other publisher. And I thought, well, you know what? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, at that point also, I think my son was of the Buddy Files age. And so we had read those books and he really liked them. And in fact, he wanted to buy another set of them to give his teacher, which we did. So they're probably still a set in a classroom at Fernbank Elementary School. And my son is 16 now. Uh, So that's how long ago it was. (laughs) (laughs) 
but yes, the rest is history. Yeah. Um, so dogs have been very important to both of you. And I wanted to talk about to each of you about how you approach animal characters. And if you want to talk about some of your real life inspirations, Dory, you really seem to be able to get inside King's mind and understand how he thinks. How did you do that? I think because King is my my dog Mouse. And unfortunately, I lost Mouse uh, back in March of last year. But I would not have written The Buddy Files if not for for Mouse. And Mouse was a 103-pound golden retriever mix. So uh, he looked like a black golden retriever. And I got him when my oldest uh, uh, graduated from college and moved 2,000 miles away. That was a great thing for him to move far away, but it wasn't so great for me. And I needed something new in my life, something beyond my writing. The one thing I really missed about my kids growing up was reading to them. And so I, I, I knew that our local library had a therapy dog program where kids could come in and read to therapy dogs every week. And I thought I'd like to get involved in that. But uh, the dog I had at the time would was not therapy dog material. So I uh, started scouting uh, PetFinder.com, looking for a dog that I thought I could train to be a therapy dog. And I found Mouse. And it was while I was training him that I got the idea to write The Buddy Files, because a therapy dog comes in contact with lots of different people who have different problems to solve, maybe even mysteries to solve. So that's where it began. And when I'm trying to get inside his head, all I had to do was look at my dog and say, hey, <laughs> how, how would you, what do you think here? What, what would you do in this situation? And I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just inside. I'm just that connected to my dog. Does it feel different writing animal characters or dog characters? Because you have other animal characters in your books, too. I do. And I think what feels different is when I write about other dogs, because that dog is so clear in my head. But spending time with other dogs helps. Um, and cat, I'm, my daughter, my grown daughter has a cat. So and that cat was the inspiration behind uh, my Dear Beast series. So when I was working on those books, I would go spend time with the cat to get get that cat voice. Sometimes a cat with no name, too, from King and Kayla. I go hang out with the cat and see how how uh, he handles things. And Nancy, you're so good at creating these very distinct and appealing animal characters that are, are simply executed. And simple is always hard. Uh, if, if it looks easy, it definitely was not. You know, there's King, but Thor and Mouse, his fellow dog friends, and the aforementioned cat with no name. And you're so good in particular at animal body language, I think. How do you do that? Are you in the dog park stalking people's dogs as well as yours? <laughs> I think I there'll be times where I'll just be watching a movie or something and my friend's huge dog will be visiting and I'll just stare at his paws for a long time. You know, just like <laughs> like examining paw structure and everything. But I love I love dogs. Um and I've drawn them ever since I was a really little kid. Um my sister and I shared a room and um she would 
tell dog stories. And we made up this dog family and they had, it was a mom and a dad and there were like seven kids and all the cousin dogs were dachshunds and all the, I mean, it was just this really elaborate kind of thing. And then the next day I'd get up and I would draw them. And so I guess I just drew and drew and drew dogs. And then when I I had a cat and a dog that were my muses that I could watch. And I think that's where you get a lot of that personality and, um, and just how they stretch and look and all that kind of thing. And as Dory was saying, you know, they give you this look and you can tell what they're thinking, or you think you know what they're thinking, which is exactly how Dory writes it with Kayla. Like she thinks she's got King all figured out and she doesn't, you know, and I think we do that all the time with our animals. (laughs) Well, it's actually a great transition because I wanted to ask you all, King and Kayla is such a terrific example of collaboration. You know, Dory may be the person who writes and Nancy the person who illustrates, but it seems to me that each of you have ended up sort of influencing aspects of the other's work. And one of the reasons these books are so wonderful is, you know, in your case, one plus one added up to five, I think, um, really enriched each other's contributions to the books. So Dory, I'm curious about how you initially visualized this and how that compared to the early material that you were seeing from Nancy back when we first started. Well, it's interesting you'd use the word collaboration because as you know, authors and illustrators don't usually know each other. And Nancy and I did not know each other. I I still remember when you, Kathy, sent me art samples from illustrators you were considering. Actually, I don't remember if there were others or if you just sent me Nancy's, but I I remember that one um, piece with all the different dogs. And I thought, oh, yeah, I, I, I want this person to illustrate my series. But I don't, I don't really have, I, I'm not that visual. You know, Nancy, when Nancy and I talk, she talks about my, my stories being visual. I don't feel like they are. I, I, don't, I don't see the characters in my head. It's like I am that character. So I need Nancy to show me what, what I look like or what my characters look like. And I have never, ever been disappointed. Yeah, so often I think when I send things to you, you'll say, that is exactly how I imagined it, or now I realize that's exactly how it should look. By the way, I still have that dog picture hanging on the wall of my office all these years later, and I think that it was probably only Nancy's samples that I sent you because there was that like Goldilocks feeling of not this, not this, this one's just right. And it was such a relief when I sent you Nancy's samples, and they were also just right for you. Um, So Nancy, one of your many contributions to the series is the way I think you, you build upon Dory's text, you know, you, you introduce additional elements and information, you are able to convey often what King is thinking or feeling versus what Kayla is interpreting about what King is doing. Uh, Once you have the text in hand, what's your approach? Again, I think I'm saying, how do you do that? Yeah, how do you do that? I always laugh because, and I always tell Dory this, um, uh, that I feel like her words draw themselves. Like, it's just, it's so easy to draw her characters. I get get the manuscript and I kind of 
pour through it and I look for the, you know, like uh, on a new book, I'll, I'll look for, um, a real expressive, um, either action or emotion, you know, and then that's always kind of a fun place to start sketching. So it could be at the beginning of the book or at the end of the book. Um, but it just, that gets it all started. And, um, I don't know. I don't, it just seems as though, um, it, they, I personally feel the words, the, the characters draw themselves. They really, King is all that real, he's so expressive. He's so impulsive. He's so silly. And then Kayla is just like so cool, calm and collected. And I feel like there's such a cool blend, you know, they complement each other. And I love the fact that, that Kayla's kind of in this kind of authority role, which kids love that stuff because, you know, they're always being told what to do. And it's only with pets where they really get a chance to kind of be in charge, but she does it in such a loving way. And, um, and, but I love the fact that Dory's manuscript, you know, King always gets in there and rattles all the order that that Kayla's trying to set up. And then that pushes Kayla's character to just kind of explode a little bit, you know, and and try to rein King in again. And it's all that kind of stuff that, because it's all done in a, it, with friendship and kindness and, and all the right kinds of emotions. But um, it's just, it's like everything you want to draw. If you like drawing, you know, a wide, you know, range of emotions, Dory's got, you know, she's the package. (laughs) (laughs) But you do it with just such few lines. I mean, I look, I look at this art, I've got it right in front of me here. And like, there, it's just the outline. I mean, how do you do that? How do you, how do you draw emotion with just a simple line? I've heard that before. And I guess, you know, it's like one of those things that you don't understand what other people see in your work. Um, I do know. So I appreciate that. That's a, I, so thank you for that. Um, but I don't really know. I know that um, I like real linear art and I especially like real linear art with an early reader, I really like the idea that you have to kind of integrate the text with the pictures because you don't want them to compete because you've got these readers that are concentrating so hard to decode all this language and they're, they're, they're working so hard and usually they're either reading it all first and then coming back and then looking at all the pictures or vice versa. They look at all the pictures and then they go in to read it. So I always just wanted the illustrations to like work with just be right there right beside it's like a little nudge nudge it's like oh you missed that word here it is he's got you know a pencil pouch or whatever it is that you know they might not have uh, you know seen in the language so but but never it, it it just has to blend and that's how um that's the that's kind of the the goal that I try to to go for so well, and that's where the collaboration comes in too, because Kathy and I are doing the same thing. I mean, when we we see the art, we I mean, we have we have that wordsmithing stage at the at the end where we everything's laid out and we can see see where the art is and we see just how many words are on the page and which words they are. I mean, we need that art to really do that final 
or I do, I need that art to do that final revision because I need, I need to see what, what words don't I need? What words do I need? They, like you said, Nancy, they, they go together. Yeah. Well, well and I, I think it's true. You as well, Dory, is you, you do the writerly version of Nancy's art. It's your text is very simple. You know, we spend so much time talking about, you know, is this too long or complicated a word or, you know, what, what are the ways that we can structure things? I think you too have very simple text with great complexity and great richness. Um, you too make it look easy. And I know it's not. <laughs> One of my favorite lines to illustrate, I remember seeing it in the manuscript and it was in the, the lost tooth one. And it was something about King finally gets the tooth pillow and he goes, well, I'm just going to have to figure this out. And that's all you wrote. And it's like, he's a dog. Of course, he's going to like, <laughs> and and just like, there'd be stuff everywhere. And, and, and that's an example, I think of, I mean, it's all right there in that sentence. And, and the, I think the beauty of your writing, Dory, is that you don't say it all. You don't, you say, and then he, you know, tossled the pillow or he tore it apart or whatever you just you just said what a dog would say it's like well of course I have to figure this out and and he did it in a very dog way so um so that that is um and I think kids respond to that because it is um it's the simplicity of that and without any um elaboration it's it's simple straightforward but very fun and very true you two are a great team and King and Kayla are also a great team. And in their case, they each have these really distinctive approaches, which you touched on a little bit, Nancy, but Kayla's very analytical. She makes lists of what she knows and what she doesn't know. She retraces her steps and considers all of the information, whereas King is really instinctual and passionate. And, you know, one of my favorite elements is the way he always announces, I love X. It's my favorite. It is each and every time that is a completely sincere response on King's part. Um, everything truly is his favorite. and He lives in the moment. So, you know, what I want is for you all to give me a list of what you all have learned working on these books. What have you enjoyed? What are your favorites? That's several things. <laughs> well, it's okay. You can make a list like Kayla. <laughs> make a list like Kayla. Okay. What which do one? you know, Dory, about what your favorite things are? What do I know about what my favorite things <laughs> what are? What do you not know? What do I, or what do I know about how to write an early reader? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. <laughs> Talk about leading me into the weeds. Oh, well, that wasn't my <laughs> intention. I mean, I, I would suspect that one of the things that has been great about this is that you two have developed a really wonderful relationship. You've created fantastic books, but also I think there's a good friendship there, I think, that's just gotten deeper and richer, much like the book. Yeah, yeah I mean, and, we've um, shared a lot. Yeah, so I get, okay, so my favorite things about this series are, one, writing from a dog's point of view to uh, let's see here to writing. So one is writing from a dog's point of view. Two is solving a mystery. Three is working with Nancy 
And if I say four is working with Kathy, then Kathy would strike it because we only have three, (laughs) only three things, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's all right. You can delete me. Um, (laughs) My feelings are not hurt. And I did not intend this to feel like homework. So I'm sorry. No. Nancy, you can come up with your list of favorite things if you want as well, or you don't have to. Well, I would say um, I really love working on this age group because I feel honored to be working on books that kids are picking out for themselves. Um, You know, I I have great respect for picture books and, and all that kind of thing, but there's something really Um, special about this little window of time where kids are just learning how to read. They're picking out these books for themselves. I feel um, that, um, so, so I think that's part of, you know, that would be number one. Number two, I just love drawing dogs. It's just fun. It makes me happy. And I mean, I love drawing in general, but um, these books make me happy. They, they brought a lot of happiness. uh, from the very first one to the one I'm still working on right now, um, I just feel good when I'm doing them. And I hope that that happiness comes through when when other people pick up the book. You know, I just it's to me, it's just a big win win as far as that goes. And I love working with both Dory and <laughs> look how she did that. She combined <laughs> it into one. That's that's the later stage when we're working on this, when we say. We can just make this a sentence, not two sentences. Yeah. <laughs> Nancy is showing her writerly inclination. I would just well, add that's her. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yep. Well, yeah, because I was thinking uh, next month, I believe, marks the fifth anniversary of the publication of the first two books in the series. And so wow. we were working on these a year or two before that. And we're now working on book nine with 10 right around the corner. So I'm wondering over the time, you know, are there things that you've learned about this process or your creative process that has changed? Or are you exactly the same as you were five years ago? That is the answer. Well, I, I hope we've, we've both improved in five years, but um, I don't know that the process has changed that much. I guess Well, it took somebody in my critique group to point out to me that there's a definite pattern to the books. So, I mean, I I certainly knew that in chapter one, that's where we introduce the mystery. Chapter two is where we are gathering clues. Chapter three is where we are putting those clues together and making lists. What I didn't realize until somebody from my critique group pointed it out was chapter four is where King gets in trouble. And it was pointed out to me because the first draft I brought of, I don't remember which book it was now, but um, he pointed out King didn't get in trouble. And so I thought, oh, and that uh, informed my revision of, of that book because he's right. He's right. There is a definite pattern and King does get in trouble in chapter four. So now I do make sure when I'm writing the books that uh, that is how it's structured. I think the other, the other thing that's, I don't know that it's changed through the years, but I have come to accept that 
the majority of the work is almost going to be done at the end when when we see the book put together and we do that final wordsmithing stage. And early on, you know, I I was reluctant to do that because early on I thought, well, my my text should be should be as good as it's going to be before it ever goes to Nancy. And I've learned that that's that's not maybe maybe in a picture book, but for an early reader where the art and text have to go together, that's just not the way it works. And we're all okay with that, right? Right. <laughs> How about you, Nancy? Is there anything across this process that is you've learned over the years or realized? Any well, retroactive realizations like Dory's about chapter four? Yeah, I I mean, I think any artist will admit that when they look at their early characters, you know, that there's an evolution. And so I'll look at an early book and go, oh, you know, if I could, you know, redraw that, I would have done it like this. But I think that's kind of a normal evolution. So I don't beat myself up too much about it. I do find um, as a process, it's sometimes I have to push myself like, you know, oh, I got to think of a different way to do, since there are repeated things that happen, you know, Kayla does make a list every time. And, you know, so I always have to challenge myself with like, how can I do that? Just a little bit different so that it looks different or what can I be doing? So there's, there's a blend of continuity, you know, character continuity and and things like that. But there's also, you know, you have to push everything a little bit so that it looks fresh. So I think that is is um always kind of a challenge but it's it's you know a, it's a good challenge to have so yep and you two have won two Geisel honors count them two the first one for king and kayla in the case of the missing dog treats and the second for king and kayla and the case of the lost tooth and I wanted to talk a little bit about what those different experiences were like. And in particular, Dory, would you tell us a little about when you got the call the first time? The first time? The missing dog treats call? Yeah. Uh, so that was a Sunday night. And I I think we were on our way to pick up pizza. And my phone rang. but And I was driving. And I don't answer the phone when I'm driving. <laughs> And we, when I got to the place to pick up the pizza, I looked and I didn't recognize the number. I didn't recognize the area code and there was no message. So I didn't think anything of it. And I got my pizza and I went home and uh, there was, I, I think there was, I think, oh, I think it rang again on my way home too. And again, I don't answer the phone when I'm driving. So, and again, no message. And uh, we went on with our evening my husband and me and we ate our pizza and then you called me Kathy on a Sunday night and it's like were we working on a book why because your name came up uh it wasn't a number it was your name and why is my editor calling me on a Sunday night and what you told me was my phone was about to ring and to answer it and uh what else did you say I don't. Re- oh, I think I think wasn't it? Well, I, th- I think my my they hadn't left a, a message because my my machine was full too, which I also didn't know. Yeah. And I mean, this it's just wasn't even on my radar that night. I mean, I 
I, I didn't even, maybe I did realize that ALA, I, I must've realized ALA was the next day, but I certainly didn't, I, I had no idea what was happening. And, uh, then the, the, um, the committee called, they're all there. They're all on the phone. And I'm sure I did not say anything at all coherent because I was so shocked. I was literally shaking <laughs> and, uh, I called my kids and both of them, I mean, we, we don't talk on the phone much. So both of them thought something was wrong when I called. And, uh, and then I, did I call you, Nancy, or did we email? I don't remember. I think we email. No, maybe you called, but you waited till morning. I think. Well, no, I went to wait till morning because oh, I, right. we could watch this. We could I watch it you online. Called me. You called me. I must've called you. Yeah. yeah. You did. Didn't you all watch the announcement together? Or We did. We did. It was 5 a.m. my time, which is fine because I wasn't sleeping anyway. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was at my computer and Nancy and I were on the phone and we watched it together. The, I mean, that was truly a highlight of my life to watch that with you. It was. It was like super sweet. And it was all kind of new to me. I I hadn't like I wasn't aware of how the whole process worked. And so, and of course, Dory knew everything. And so I was like, (laughs) and, uh, but it was just like, um, it was just so fun. And then the second time you were actually there for the announcement, right? The second time. And you answered your phone. Also really cool. Yes. Yes. ALA was actually in Seattle. Uh, ALA Midwinter was in Seattle that, that second year. And so had, had we even had dinner together the night before? I'd, Maybe. I'd, it's all kind of a blur. I mean, yeah. I mean, there, there was stuff going. I was involved with SCBWI and also I had book signings. So I was downtown for ALA and I was planning to, to go the next morning for the announcements because, hey, this, the opportunity to see it live and in person was pretty cool. Um, but then my phone rang again um, that Sunday night. and. <laughs> I thought, no, because I, at first I, what, I didn't think you could even win it twice. I was just, again, floored that it happened and that it happened again. But the fact that it happened in the, uh, the year that ALA was in Seattle. So we got to, my husband and I both got to go. I had to tell Nancy that, I'm sorry, I'm not going to watch it with you this year because <laughs> you need to go see it live. And uh so my husband and I went downtown and they weren't going to let him in at first, but Kathy, you, you went and talked to the guard and uh, cause he, he didn't have a, a name tag or anything. And yeah, so, I think I said that he was part of your entourage and you were a very important <laughs> award-winning author. <laughs> and, and then you all were together in DC when you received the yeah. second one. Um, and oh, that was fun. Must have been a really particularly special time. Yeah, we got to share a, a little apartment, and we just hung out together the that whole however many days it was. I mean, you had you guys had different events for us to to do, but and, and we showed up for everything on time. <laughs> you answered your phones. You were we very did. Obedient. We did. Also, I think went off and had a lot of fun together. We which- did. You had certainly earned the right to celebrate at that point, I think. That was a great trip. That was it like was. a super special memory. So, yeah. 
Well, and it was nice that, you know, Dory's husband was with her in Seattle and in D.C. Nancy's husband was there. So each got to see. Yeah, that was very special. Get some acclaim. Yeah. I kept worrying because Dan was sitting right with you and Margaret. And I kept thinking, oh, is he behaving himself? (laughs) Because I don't want to get in trouble. And so he absolutely behaved himself. Everybody involved in this is very well behaved. And I think now Dory knows to answer the phone. Um, (laughs) There's another thing that we've learned in this process. You should answer the phone. Yes. Not when you're driving. Yes. Well, before we end, you know, this podcast is called The Guest Book. So, Dory and Nancy, how would you like to sign The Guest Book today? You want to go first, Nancy? I think I keep Dory go first, so I'm going to throw this to you now. Okay. Um, All right. I guess the one thing I would love to say to anybody um, out there is that I really hope parents and teachers really continue to encourage their kids to create because they're basically the authors and illustrators of our next generation. And I think the act I draw on pencil, you know, pencil on paper, and then I scan it in. So it, it, my art is digital, but it starts out on paper. And I really feel like the act of putting pencil on paper there's something really good, whether you're drawing or writing, it's just really good for your brain. So I just hope that people start creating more time for that for themselves and for their kids. And so I would encourage people to buy more sketchbooks and fewer screens. So that's it. Very good. How about you, Dory? I'm going to sign this guest book the same way that I like to sign my books or pillars in a bookstore or chairs in a bookstore, all the different things that authors get to sign. And that is books can take you anywhere you want to go, even inside the mind of a dog. Perfect. Well, Dory and Nancy, thank you for joining me today on the Guest Book Podcast. It's always great to be with you. Well, thank you. It's always fun to to be together, all three of us. Yes. On to the next. <laughs>